Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical. Hello. Hello. Hi. This is exciting. G'day, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. We're at your house around your kitchen table. Welcome. Welcome to the uh, mansion. Um, (laughs) This is the bottom of 16 stories. (laughs) Wow. That ABC grant has really kicked in early. I actually just live at the ABC. This is the bottom floor of the ABC. I want to say a big thank you to our new Patreon supporter, Andrew Carr. This week we gained a Patreon supporter but Mm -hmm. lost 12. I don't know what happened. Wow. Churn, it's a lot of churn, huh, a lot of churn okay. going on. R.I.P. Yeah. But a big thank you to Australian Ethical who has jumped on board uh, once again as our sponsor for the next nine weeks. Thank you, Australian Ethical. Well, you couldn't get Hancock prospecting. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but the big dollar from the ethics community like, really kicked in when you needed it most. Soon all of the previous ten years of Irrational Fears are going to be heading to the Patreon only or mm-hmm. Apple subscriptions. Ooh. You know, the old episodes from this year are going to be kicking around, but, you know, okay. for the previous nine years. Are you going to put up the one where you were in blackface? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to do the hey, hey, uh, hey, hey years. Uh, yes, yes. Thank you uh, to all those who can imagine what it would be like <laughs> to have blackface on a podcast that's going behind the uh, the paywall. But there is going to be some serious cutting-edge comedy from 2013 that wow. uh, you, if you, wow. if you want, you're going to have to pay for. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have to become a member there. We had some good Kevin Rudd jokes, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Chris Taylor had some good Super League jokes. Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, I was doing I had a very tight two minutes on Super League. Well, you're talking about the Super League again today, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's still in the news. <laughs> We're recording this on uh, Gadigal Land of the Urination. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum. And Section 44, a rational fear, recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, after being dumped by Adidas for making anti-Semitic comments, Kanye West announces a new line of ugly sandals in collaboration with Hugo Boss. And Elon Musk will finally take the keys to Twitter, promising the long-awaited features that users have been demanding, such as the ability to read Donald Trump's tweets. And the ABC loses the television rights to Doctor Who to Disney+. The underfunded public broadcast has commissioned a new series to make up for the loss of Doctor Who called 
intern where? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> wow. Did you lose faith in your own yeah, joke halfway yeah, yeah. through? It's true, it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was really good in my head. Uh, <laughs> are you, are you, are you right? Are you where? Saying, <laughs> I could just see that as you were reading ahead, and we're like, oh fuck. I've been just on that story. I mean, it's been devastating news. But the good news is, ABC has maintained the rights to Whovians. Uh, <laughs> so they have hung on to the gold. <laughs> it is the 27th of October and this is the podcast with fewer manners than James Corden. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Half of you are excited. <laughs> I'm your host, former cast member of Friends, Dan Illich, and this is the podcast that takes the news and adds a bit of ice magic. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. He's been avoiding the news for, to make his comedy of late, preferring to kind of uh, foist stories from his own head upon the unsuspecting public. It's comedy writer Chris Taylor. Welcome, Chris. It's great to be back on the podcast. Thank you. How's the world of fiction treating you? Um, it, it's almost as fictional as real-world politics. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's very paradoxical. You, you retreat from, you know, having done all, like, Topical, satirical, news-based comedy for years. You think I've, you know, that's got a shelf life. I'm going to retreat to the world of fiction, and it's really more real in the fictional world than it is in the news world right now. So it's a yeah. And we thought uh, Australia has lost her forever to the hustle and bustle of New York City, but she's now returned to our boring shores. It's podcaster Wendy Zuckerman. Welcome, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Uh, why are you coming back to Australia? Oh, well, the uh, the ratio of kangaroos to guns was just, <laughs> it was just a bit out of whack where I was, so I thought better, better come just, home. Just let me check, more kangaroos in New York. <laughs> and he may have his own TV show on the ABC, but he's not above allowing us to sit in his kitchen to record our little podcast. It's TV. It's Lewis Hobart. That's right, yes. Uh, this is the last podcast I'll be doing. I've come to say goodbye and I'm off to the silver screen. <laughs> after the glimmering lights of one episode of television on the ABC. <laughs> and when this goes to air, that's tonight, yes. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tonight, uh, 8.30pm on ABC+. Plus. <laughs> I reckon that's genius because, you know, look, there's so much scrutiny of TV, especially ABC at the moment. Like, I think, you know, the Frank Kelly show, mm. frankly, everyone's going, whoa, I'd only give that three episodes. Your genius is to only promise one That's right. and get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There'll be no Twitter demands for less of this. <laughs> you, you're delivering the, exactly the least possible. Yeah. yeah, Chris, you've had many TV shows of your own. Like, do you have any advice for Lewis with his one episode? Um, don't read the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. It's not like it was when because you know Dan and I were on television. You were on. Uh, well, obviously, you were on for a long time before we were, and then. When we were on Hungry Beast, Twitter was that was at its toxic peak, I think. I don't actually think it's that bad for television anymore. No, because there's no viewers anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have done shows recently um, that I won't name. The reason I knew they weren't going well wasn't because there was an avalanche of sort of negative tweets. It was just no, no tweets. No one was yeah. complaining no, about it. No, it was just like so bad that people, it was almost like kicking a dog when it's already dead. <laughs> even even the world of Twitter thought, no, it'd be just cruel to tweet about like, this. I'm so depressed right now. I, can't watch this. I can't even look at Twitter. So it was worse than Emily in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up later with energy prices set to explode, we talk with Amber's CEO, Dan Adams, about what else we can burn to keep the air con on this summer. But first, a message from this week's sponsor. Well, here we are. Let's increase some interest rates. Yes. Audible and the Department of Treasury present a new way to deliver the budget speech. 
say goodbye to uncharming charmers. Is there a business case for this? Um... Say hello to the economic sexiness of Robbie McGregor from getting wages moving. Madam Speaker, we want to see growth in all the right areas. Is that inflation I see in your hip pocket or are you just um, increasing your pay packet? To the ins and outs of making more taxpayers. More Australians will be able to afford to make more babies than ever before. It's all about participation and product. If you know what I mean. To having a place to live. The Help to Buy scheme allows up to 40,000 eligible Australians to own their own home with a lower deposit and smaller mortgage. Oh, yeah, smaller mortgage. <laughs> Size does matter. <laughs> Robbie McGregor reads the 2022 budget only on Audible. Subscribe now and get a bonus episode of Robbie saying the words fiscal stimulus for 45 minutes straight. Fiscal stimulus. Fiscal stimulus. Fiscal stimulus. Fiscal stimulus. Fiscal stimulus. Fisting. What? Now, I promise you that's the last time we'll do that joke on the rest of I it. don't believe you. I absolutely don't believe you. As it was coming, as it got to the fiscal stimulus, but I'm like, I think this is an old sketch. And I was like, oh, no, it's just Dan doing what he does best, recycling. <laughs> this week's first fear. Now, before we jump into the first fear, I just want to play a little game of word association. I'll yeah. say something uh, and you folks jump in with the first thing that comes to mind. Mm. When I say the words fiscal cruise. Fiscal stimulus. Uh, yeah. When I say the words cruise liner. Ooh. Gastro. Yeah, close. It's good. <laughs> Murder. Yeah, also very good. Boomers. Yeah, fantastic. Shuffleboard. Coits. <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> yes, <Yay>! coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah, it's cruise liners. Vehicles built to the exact specifications to help boomers get COVID uh, and also wealth redistribution, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, there's a cruise liner going up down the west coast of Australia. Surprise, surprise, crew and passengers have a Princess bunch of- Pathogen, I think they called it. I thought that was a giveaway, yeah. I did have here the- Not co- the most I- toxic monarch, <laughs> Very good. I did have the COVID princess, but, you know, right. that's so obvious. I think it- you can just get it next to the mashed potatoes in the buffet. Like, there's just a COVID scoop. But this is, yes. it's, it's docked in Broome and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be docking up and down the west coast of Western Australia. Should well, that's good because they, they sort of missed out on COVID, didn't they? <laughs> they were the one state, thanks to Mark McGowan's, you know, quite officious border closures, that never really got to enjoy the, you know, the party that was COVID. So thank God the P&O cruise company is bringing it to them. <laughs> well, now Mark McGowan can do Stop the Boats. <laughs> Finally. Oh, right. Really yeah. keep... Um, Perth in the 10 years behind category. <laughs> You'd have to get the patent or the copyright patent from ScoMo. Like true, when ScoMo yeah. left, did he keep his little trophy? Maybe it, would be, it could be stop the ships. Like just a, right. enough of a copyright difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wendy, I've got a question for you yes. regarding this. Like, uh, have we learnt about COVID and cruise lines? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> well, I mean, it's if you could create a perfect cesspool. Like, if, if you were COVID, you'd just be like, fuck yes, <laughs> I've got it. When, um, when markets were hard, cruise ships, <laughs> piece of piss. Right, and there's so many people. There was 2,000 people like, on Like, this that would be like ship. a 30-second episode of Science Versus, wouldn't it? Like, you, you <laughs> Should you go on a cruise ship <laughs> the, the if you're is, afraid no. of COVID? No. But my favourite, I did I did write a list of all the, um, my favourite names of all the cruise ships that had, had oh, gotten COVID over the last few years. Because <laughs> um, it was a joy, I have to say, of early 
COVID reporting as ever, like it was, it was so scary at the beginning. And then just hearing like, the diamond princess has, you know, and it was just like, so, it was like this, like, couldn't help, but it warms your heart. But okay, so diamond princess will remember grand princess, ruby princess, world dream, carnival valor, silver valor, Norwegian breakaway, pride of America. Just this week as well in uh, New Zealand, they just had an outbreak on one of their cruise ships, which was called Ovation of the Seas. <laughs> but my favourite, oh, wow. my favourite of all the cruise ship names, this isn't even half, this isn't even half of them. Ovation is so deliciously close to Omicron of the <laughs> yeah. Seas. It's fantastic. It's not a standing ovation. It's more of a lying down in a respiratory, <laughs> respirator kind of ovation. But then um, when it hit, Greg Mortimer. Oh, <laughs> Greg just, Mortimer's the name of a ship. It was the name of a cruise ship, which is you know, like it was a it was a fella. I Gee, someone didn't turn up to work that day. Like <laughs> yeah. no, normally, the, I can't always think you could play a game between guess guess is it a drag queen or a cruise ship? Right. Uh, they're always called Crystal Harmony or that kind of thing. But Greg Mortimer, Greg that's Mortimer. an accountant from Pimble, right? Isn't it? <laughs> I love this story in the uh, on the ABC website. It said Princess Cruises said that it, the COVID nineteen outbreak was being managed effectively. How what's how much confidence does it give you when a cruise company says, "Oh no, the the outbreak is being managed effectively"? Wow, I mean, it is one of those things where at this point is it is kind of self selecting. You know, at the start we were like, "Hey, look, we should all stay home and protect each other from COVID." At this point, if you're going on a cruise. <laughs> I'm not going to say maybe you should die, but it is kind of like you are putting yourself, but you're putting your life in God's hands. Or if you are a millennial trying to break into the housing market, send your parents on a cruise. Honestly. Is, uh... What's the, like, when, like, you know, we're, we're, most of us are vaccinated now. Mm. If you're like, I'm triple, I'm quadruple vaxxed. Right. Could I go on a cruise with any confidence? Or even if you're quad vaxxed, you've still, and step on board anything called princess, <laughs> you're still going to get it. Um, I think Greg Mortimer has a different <laughs> system of play. Um, but, you know, with the new variants, you never know, right. the percentages, blah, blah, blah. We, yeah, but I don't I don't think so. I mean, I should say, even though cruises are way funnier than when, you know, someone walks off a Boeing 747 on the QF, whatever, um, actually your chance of getting COVID is higher on a cruise ship because there's just more people on a cruise but ship. But your chance right. of getting anything on a cruise ship is higher. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Except yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I, I'd kind of be more reassured. You know they've always got like, Entertainment on cruise ships. It's normally ugly Dave Gray, but if Norman Swan was the entertainment, <laughs> yeah. and you just sort of got lectures about how so much, less how bad is he going to be? Then I might be tempted to go on. I'd feel a bit safer if he was the comic each night. Yeah, Broom Council said that the 1,900 passengers are going to spend about 190 thousand dollars in Broom, so they're quite cool with it. There. Is that at the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume that's a, that's about 100 dollars per person. That's like buying a coffee in Western Australia. So that's, uh, <laughs> but that is it, is it kind of worth it? Do you think, do you like, is it worth it to the economy to have all these infected people come to your little town? I no. mean, I think, right, I think we've just decided we're just going to let it run. Is that <laughs> yeah. right? Is that right? And Christmas is just so much more fun to make fun yeah. of. Yeah. Won't, won't someone think of the camels in, in Broome? I mean, <laughs> I think the population of Broome is mostly camels these days. Now, that was another interesting thing. I keep looking at Wendy for fact-checking. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy. Like, I'm ready for my puzzle. I'm thinking that animals just didn't get it. No, well, the minks. Remember, there was this. The, there was a mink <laughs> outbreak. Got them. Yeah, and now the zoos, gorillas, and lions are getting oh, it. Did they? And there was yeah. a huge. What country was it that like? De- like killed a bunch of minks in fear that, that uh, would I'm going to guess Russia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was, no, it was like, um, I want to say somewhere Scandinavian and then they were like, whoops, sorry. Right. Like, 
You know, There's a lot of um, like, uh, lovely oh. coats going around. Yes. <laughs> yes. Reduced. Either. It's got COVID, but it's reduced. <laughs> this is a rational fear. Denmark has announced it will eliminate the country's entire population of farmed minks. More than 15 million will be called. You are listening to a very rational fear. <laughs> this week's second fear... Mashed potato. You know, some may lament that uh, humans have systematically removed 70% of all animal life on Earth since the 70s, whereas others may complain that climate activists have plastered yet another artwork with common kitchen stuffs. Uh, climate protesters in Germany have thrown runny mashed potato over a Monet worth $110 million in what seems to be the latest in the string of copycat protests. Uh, Chris, is this an, an effective form of um, protest, do you think? Well, well, look, we're talking about it, but... Um I don't know about I don't know about you. I, I tend to sort of take in the fact they're throwing food and that they're throwing it at art and I forget what they're actually protesting. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of it though. It, it's sort of you know. But didn't we're... it make you go why? And then you looked it up and then you were like, climate change. Forgot yeah, about that today. Look, this, for me, this is a classic one. Almost like all protests um, of late or at the extreme end, where you're sympathetic with the cause and you're a little bit puzzled by the execution. So yeah, just to recap, um, there was one in Melbourne. Uh, I think it was a Picasso. Then they did uh, the sunflowers with soup. And as you said, Dan, they did Monet with mashed potatoes. They also, someone threw spaghetti at a Jackson Pollock and no one could tell <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it. Look, it is sort of, it's bizarre logic. Or you might say it's impeccable logic. Because if you want to express anger at oil companies, then is the obvious target 19th century artists painting such evil, toxic, problematic things as water lilies and flowers. <laughs> you know, they're all saying we need to protect the planet, so let's, let's throw shit at flowers. It's going down the drain, yeah, you know. Like someone just like... was, ty- was typing in oil companies into Google and it just auto-finished oil paintings. And they were just like, Monet, that's the link. There was a great protest last week where two people took in cream pies and smashed the faces of a wax statue of King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla at Madame Tussauds. And I thought that was pretty good. That's That's comedy. That's 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 wacky stuff. But yeah, if you want to like, if, if you want to protest oil, you don't throw food at Picasso. You throw food at Picasso's car. Surely, <laughs> isn't that the thing? Like, it seems to be just I the logic it. doesn't I actually, quite work yeah. for I, me. I love it. I'm so into this. I mean, I think we're talking about it. I think the guys who did it, they were like, "Look, we tried to have direct action, and they did try and block some actual like." oil distribution in the UK and no one reported on it. And then they're like, let's just throw some shit at art and all of a sudden, look, we're all talking about fear. We've, we've sucked yeah, it up. I want to know. Look, we've it. all been to these galleries. There's, you know those people who just sit there and there's more of them than you mm. need. There's like, And you go, what's their job? Nothing ever exciting would happen. How on earth are people charging in with bagfuls of Woolies groceries <laughs> getting past those guys on the chairs? Isn't it? Does something not... Go yeah. off in their head like a light bulb. They go, oh, the person carrying soup might not be here for a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> the other part of these protests always, once the food's been distributed, is the gluing. Um, they all yes. glue their hands to the work. Now, Not to the work. It was to the to wall, under, the the, under the work. Oh, yes, right. yes. Well, you know, and if, if you glued yourself to a kendona, it would probably increase its value. But, but now they're gluing beside it and... That's okay, I don't mind, it's sort of interesting, but I I did see this week that Spencer Tunick is coming back to Sydney. Uh, He's the guy that photographs a lot of nude people Mm. in front of the Opera House, so I think this time it's Bondi Beach. Now, 
I'm not going to sign up to a Spencer Tunic art exhibit if I think there's any possibility whatsoever some oil protesters <laughs> are going to glue themselves to my scrotum. Like, you know what That's I mean? That's actually um, incentivised me to go. <laughs> <laughs> we really might get some action on climate change. Yeah. Or just some action. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It might actually be uh, in the in the disclaimer you've got to sign. At the right, end of the yeah. yeah. You may yes. get some sort of glue on the scrotum. <laughs> but the best part about it, I think the reason it's Good is like when they were like chaining themselves to roads, yeah. they were like, Oh, well, you've just slowed down my trip to work. Yes. And pe- like people were like, Well, I'm just, I'm not an oil executive, I'm just a guy who's driving to work. And even though I think that that is more logical, it was kind of more annoying to people who weren't really at fault. Yes. Whereas with this, you're like... Whereas you fucking know. Monet yeah. has been, <laughs> been yeah. riding the planet for far too long. I don't, I don't think this harms anyone because often the paintings aren't harmed. That's right. Yeah, there's glass. Yeah. So it's a very yeah. important point. Yeah. 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 yeah, so the paintings aren't harmed. It gets a lot of attention and it makes things exciting if you're just a person at the gallery and you're mm. filming this as it happens. That's a lot of clicks for your social media. That's fantastic. <laughs> but, but if you're a tourist, like... You, if you, you've been to these galleries in Europe um, or anywhere where there's these masterpieces, the sight lines are bad enough just mm. with two. You can't see the Mona Lisa or the water lilies because there's always Americans with their selfie sticks. If you've then on top of every tourist got oil protesters gluing themselves to the work, your sight lines are shit. It's, that is impressive. <laughs> no, the, I, I love this quote from one of them though, just like it really because I did I did have some of your thoughts, Chris, but then they were like, are you But then more? research the topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realised you're an idiot. <laughs> thought about it for more than 30 seconds. Um, they, they said, one of the protesters said, are you more concerned about the protection of a painting or the protection of our planet? And I love that. I was like, yeah, fuck these water lilies. I mean, it's false dichotomy, though. You can be like, well, do you care sure. more about, <laughs> about this planet yeah. or now, the fact that um, I had a terrible coffee this also, morning? Also, like Van Gogh, Van Gogh's dead, Matisse is dead, Picasso's dead. If they damaged the Ben Quilty, I'd be very, pretty upset. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's still yeah. alive. He's still alive. I'd like to see the artists get revenge. Like, <laughs> like not, not, the, oh, not the dead ones, obviously, but let's say, let's say Quilty. I want to see the dead ones. <laughs> okay, the dead ones. Like, I'd like to see... Like, like to see artists start throwing paint at food. So, like, you know, just people walking into Rockpool with, you know, two tins of Dulux and pegging it at the Wagyu and Paris Smash. This, a- is, then, this is for OPEC. <laughs> well, I mean, at least, you know, like beef production actually does cause a lot of methane. So if you're throwing it at a yes. steak yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. There is well, a now logic. you've won me over. There's a logic to that. Irrational fear. You've been lied to. The real danger is not global warming. It's global warming panic, the scaremongering. It seems to me that global warming fear-mongering seems to be literally driving people wild and driving them to bully the rest of us. Irrational fear! This week's third fear, in what was regarded as a very staid and boring budget, there's something very exciting for people who work in media, particularly around this table. The budget has brought back money to the ABC. $115 million is coming back this year. Most of it all will be spent on Lewis's moustache grooming. Um, yes, oh, so. and all the 15 levels of my house. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Above this one. Given nearly $600 million was cut from the ABC over the last eight years, it's a welcome reprieve. $500,000 of that budget will be used to get Gen X radio station Double J on the FM frequency. Chris, you are rapidly aging into the demographic of people who watch the ABC. Um, is, this, <laughs> is this a good use of funds? Um, 
Look, it's an interesting use of funds. It's um, first of all, I, I, I love the budget. Um, it, it's accountancy's not of nuts. It's, it, it should be a week. It should be like stripped across the schedule. I'd watch it sooner than the trade. Ashes. Five yeah, days. Yeah, totally. Get totally. Jim Chalmers up there. Um, look, any money to the public broadcast is very welcome. The the specific five hundred thousand dollars for Double J puzzles me because of all the things at the ABC. And I think we've all worked there in various uh, yeah. positions over there. Of all the areas you could help the ABC, like more money for a new panel show that's not hosted by Will Anderson, <laughs> cash incentives to make Australians watch Q&A again, uh, maybe some basic charisma training for Michael Rollins. I mean, <laughs> these are areas I would have prioritised, but where did they go? Money to help expand Double J into regional Australia. And if there's one thing... We all know regional Australia has been crying out for its better access to John Butler and the Whitlams. <laughs> Farmers are hurting, but people are demanding more Wilco feature albums. I mean, $500,000 isn't a lot for a broadcast transmission. I worked uh, at, a, at a radio station as a board member, and is that for a community radio station? It's, it's about $100,000 a year for yeah, one yeah. transmitter. No, this, is, this is what cracks me up. The money specifically, it's, the money's going on a feasibility study <laughs> to no. see if Double J can transfer to the FM band. Right, right. So just to be clear, they're not going to the FM band. No, it's, They'll have to wait to the 2028 budget for that. I think they're just spending money to see if it's feasible uh, yep. to that, go to FM. So they're currently digital. That money is just going to another government department, KPMG. Yes. That's, that's all that. Yeah. <laughs> Double J is currently digital. They want to upgrade to analog. Oh, right. That's like someone on TikTok wanting to upgrade to MySpace. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like someone driving a Tesla going, no, I'll upgrade to a penny farthing. <laughs> so um, it turns out apparently digital radio wasn't the future that everyone forecasts. Like aside from, I think, is it Chemist Warehouse in-store radio, <laughs> which Cole's still does outrate Today FM at every shift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like digital radio has been a bit of a farce. So they're, they're looking at the new technology of FM. FM yep. We shouldn't be surprised by this because um, this is Albo and Albo's throwing money uh, at Double J and alternative old person music <laughs> <laughs> is basically Albo's whole thing. That, that's his pet obsession. He's looking, he's looking for a lunchtime show. Totally. He basically is. Yeah, so this can... is his audition. <laughs> Albo giving grants to Double J is like ScoMo giving special grants to Hillsong. <laughs> like the, the self-interest is very much at play and the only thing like because Albo, I, I, I'm still trying to get a grip on his prime ministership. He seems like he's mostly out of the country all the time. The only time he's in the country, he's basically at midnight oil gigs or in the mosh pit at the end while watching Alex Lloyd. So it, it makes sense yeah. that Double J's on his on his radar. And I guess we should just be thankful that it is Double J and those sorts of bands he's giving money to. Because if it was the previous guy. It'd just be giving money to April Sun in Cuba cover versions. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of the uh, the budget coverage, but this is how the Today Show started and ended their conversation with the Treasurer Jim Sharmas. So I've got the ins and the outs. Here we go. You had to put me on after Matthew McConaughey. Didn't you? Thanks very much. Wait to see what I've got for you at the end of this interview. Yes. Then, then you'll feel it. Hey, and just lastly, to prove that that you are a far more interesting interview than Matthew McConaughey, um, he can do this. Let me just show you. <laughs> and now that I'm seeing it, don't worry, treasurer. <laughs> don't no, let him go. I mean, unless you want to. Carl wants to see it.
Yeah, so uh, they st- <laughs> he, he came on straight after Matthew McConaughey and then at the end of the conversation they played a, a Matthew McConaughey clip of him stripping. Wow. <laughs> wow. And Jim Sharmas didn't know anything of what was going on because he can't see what's happening on today. Oh. People say television's dumbing down. And I, <laughs> I, I just feel don't so see it. bad. <laughs> I mean, never thought I'd say this for any government, but, like, this budget, I mean, I usually don't, you know, my, my ovulation doesn't spark up for any old budget. But this, this one had some really exciting... Ovulation of the seas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, this one had some really exciting things in it and then they're just having to contend with this poor double J nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> magic Mike, you know, it's got some exciting things. What are you excited about, Wendy? I think, like, a lot of the climate change, the moving towards, like, electric vehicles. I mean, you can, you can play, obviously, want more, but it showed, like, direction, you know, for the mm. first time in yeah. so long. It's like you can see a future where we're going to have more electric vehicles, which we need, which was really exciting. And there was some really clever stuff about, like, carbon capture where they didn't just say this is bullshit because it's super political, yeah. but instead they were like, look, this may have a place, but we're just not going to yeah. put it on the fucking pedestal that the Liberal Party did, but, like, we're not going to just, like, throw it down the dumpster. I, I really like that because they were like, uh, no, sorry, Chevron, we're going to put any more money in your plant, but here are some things we do think about, which is cement and other really hard to abate emissions. Right, like cruises. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the NRMA is going to be building like a, a supercharger network thanks to, mm. thanks to this budget, which is amazing. Um, That's all quite interesting, but did you see the Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> <laughs> what was he on for? What was Matthew McConaughey for? That's all I want to talk about. Before we get to this week's interview, uh, next month is, uh, is the Victorian state election. Now, the Liberal Party is strongest in Victoria amongst boomers and older voters, while millennial vote for the Liberal Party has dropped to about 10 to 25%, which is kind of surprising because the Victorian Libs have been doing some really great work on TikTok, like this bit of gold here from Ringwood, Liberal candidate Cynthia Watson. I'm so nervous. Victoria, it's about damn time we got rid of this corrupt state Labor government. Remember this November. What? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll play for you again. Here Victoria, you go. Here we go. it's about damn time we got rid of this corrupt state Labor government. Remember this November. Oh, I see. It's about damn time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, a Lizzo reference. Fantastic. They're really into it. It's very exciting. How many times do you think they practice the clap? Yeah. <laughs> do you think they know about her song Everyone's Gay? <laughs> I think they're a big fan of that at the Liberal Party as well. When we come back, which super yacht should OPEC executives buy during this once-in-a-generation energy crisis? Lewis, I'm just pausing the podcast briefly to let you know some good news. Uh, I know you're having a baby. I know that there's a lot of pressures at the ABC, but (laughs) thankfully you no longer have to dip into your pocket to pay for this podcast. Why? Why not? (laughs) Because we've got a sponsor. Australian Ethical has come on board and they're going to help us pay for this podcast because it's quite expensive. We've got to pay for, you know, Chris Taylor's wine habit. (laughs) Are they aware that by sponsoring this podcast they've thrown any possible claim to good ethics that they might have had away. <laughs> no, they've listened to our podcast. They like the cut of our jib and I, I've looked at them carefully and I too like the cut of their jib. They started in 1986. They've been really busy investing people's money in good things. They stay away from stuff like weapons, human trafficking, fossil fuels, tobacco, gambling, you know, all the, all the stuff that we like to make fun of, they stay away from that. What's left? What else is there that makes money? <laughs> What are they in? Podcasts. Podcasts make money. Media. No one's ever lost money investing in a media organisation. 
<laughs> so if you are looking at your super or your financials and you're thinking, gee, I wonder if my money is doing good for the world or doing bad for the world, uh, and you're thinking about moving your money, go check out Australian Ethical uh, and their website is australianethical.com.au. And we're back. You know, one of the stark realities of this budget handed down last night was that energy prices are going to pretty much explode. 20% increase this year plus a 36% increase next year. That's a 56% increase over the next couple of years. Joining us now to talk about why this is happening is the co-founder and co-CEO of Amber Electric, Dan Adams. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for joining us on Irrational Fear. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, um, why the hell are prices increasing so much, Dan? Is it really due to the war in Iraq or is it due to... Iraq? Uh, sorry, Ukraine. That was, uh, that was a long time ago. Or is it or is a whole... did you see that mission accomplished? <laughs> <side? laughs> or is it a lot more complicated than we think and we, or we have time for on this podcast? Like, what, why, why are energy crisis going to go crazy over the next two years? Yeah, I mean, basically the problem is we are still super dependent on fossil fuels and we need to get off them uh, as fast as possible because lots of our power still comes from coal and gas. The sanctions against Russia mean that coal and gas prices have gone up uh, dramatically and that's flowing through to our power bills. But it doesn't make sense because like, you know, Australia is like the third largest exporter of fossil fuels. We export coal, we export gas. Like surely, surely our energy price, surely we should be, have the cheapest energy in the world, right? You, you would think so. Uh, but basically what we're doing is uh, the previous government made some policies which basically meant that we are exporting lots of our coal and gas overseas uh, and there isn't enough uh, for our own domestic supply even though we're a massive exporter of these fossil fuels, which is pretty crazy uh, when you think about it. I mean, one, we shouldn't be on fossil fuels at all and two, the fact that we're actually exporting more so much that we don't have enough for ourselves is uh, pretty wild. Well, is there something else we can burn? I mean, we've got a lot of empty pie faces around. Can we burn, can we burn those for, you know? <laughs> Another great joke from the Iraq war era. <laughs> I, don't, I think that's gone. I think Even that's I've now. retired pie face references. <laughs> yeah, my God. <laughs> Have you had a stroke and woken up in 2012? <laughs> we'll start talking about Sizzler soon. <laughs> Dan, what else can we burn? What else are we going to burn? I think we need to stop burning stuff is basically the... <laughs> <laughs> basically the solution. I mean, you can, you can, you can burn some I don't think bio, that's going to work, I, I'm not sure if you've been paying attention. I don't think the country's going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a massive nuclear reactor in the, in the sky but called the sun that we should uh, hmm. probably start using. Now, you guys at Amber, you give customers access to the wholesale price, which is kind of your whole business model. Uh, given that the wholesale price is going to go <laughs> gangbusters over the next two years, are your customers scared? <laughs> So um, lots of our customers have batteries. And so basically what that means is they are, we're automating their batteries to export uh, into the grid when those prices are spiking. And so they're earning the big, um, the same prices as those big coal and gas generators are earning for their, for their exports, which is uh, pretty cool. It means that households are using solar panel from their roof to compete directly with large coal and gas generators. And while big coal and gas generators are charging, you know, 100 times normal prices for their power uh, during a few hours um, some of the time, uh, our customers are earning those 100 times normal prices, which like is uh, so they're right. pretty happy about that. <laughs> That's so. That's so cool. Imagine that. Like, imagine. So I could become like a Saudi oil baron. It's <laughs> just the cost of one Tesla battery. <laughs> Unfortunately, you yeah, can't get much solar in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My sixteenth floor actually has lots of roof. Yeah, completely. I mean, it basically means that as an individual household, you can go in and 
compete with the big coal and gas generators and, and beat them at their own at their own game. And rather than making off with the big profits, uh, you can do so yourself for um, get, basically getting paid to support the renewable transition. Um, Wendy mentioned that the climate industry or the, uh, the the renewable industry did pretty well in the budget. Were you happy with the budget that got brought down yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, some positive steps forward there around support for, for electric vehicles and, uh, you know, the rewiring Australia, the $20 billion being invested there over the next, I think it's over the next 10 years. So there's, and there's some big steps forward there and we're starting to move in the right direction. And, um, you know, the only way to get out of this energy crisis and this climate crisis that we're facing is to invest in renewables as fast as we can. Um, So it's exciting to see uh, the world starting and Australia starting to move in the right direction. But obviously, I'd love to see more. Dan, I saw that uh, in the Australian Financial Review this week that you got $13 million from NRMA raising some money there. That's pretty good. Are you going to be burning that to keep keep cool this summer? (laughs) How many double J transitions? <laughs> How much do you do with that? You can do a feasibility study of double J. I think that's 4,000 Js. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't actually all from NRMA. It was from oh. some of our other investors as well. But it is—it's exciting because you know at the moment we're automating household batteries, but where we are going is start to help people automate electric vehicles uh, as well, so they can charge in the middle of the day when there's lots of cheap solar in the grid, and then in the future we'll be able to actually take power out of your electric vehicle, feed it into the grid, uh, and displace fossil fuels with uh, renewable power sitting in your EV. Um, and so we're pretty excited about that. And obviously, a lot of NRMA's members are going to have EVs in the future. So we're excited to work with them to, to make that happen. So you can like charge your car when electricity is cheap and then like plug your car into the grid when electricity is expensive and pay off your car. It's like if you could convince people who love Bitcoin to get in on this sort of like, <laughs> you're like, yes. you've got to buy, buy low, sell high. Yeah. No, well, I think I think those people are into this. Uh, what right. you, you've got to convince Matt Canavan to get into it. That's <laughs> what you've got to convince. Sometimes there's, there's so much renewables in the grid that the power price is actually negative. So we'll pay you to charge your electric vehicle from surplus renewable power. And then in the evening, we'll pay you again to displace fossil fuels out of the grid. Oh, my God. This feels like a scam. (laughs) (laughs) And I want in. (laughs) Well, Dan, thank you very much for joining us on Irrational Fear. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No worries. Well, that is it for the show. Big thank you to Wendy, Chris, Lewis. Let's do the plugs. What have you got to plug? Let's start with you, Dan. What do you want to plug first? Well, if you've got a battery, we'd love to have you on board with, with Amber. So we can Dan get, wants you uh, to plug in the battery. That's what he wants you to plug. Wendy, do you want to plug anything? Oh, just, I guess, the podcast? Yeah. yeah. Science Versus? Yeah. Go, go have a listen. Yeah, on Spotify. I don't know Check. why you're so coy. It's a really good podcast. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like one it's of the most successful. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the biggest podcasts in the world. <laughs> yeah. I'd also like to plug Wendy's podcast. Um, <laughs> Science versus get into it. Lewis Helmer, anything coming to coming soon? Yes, ABC, you want to Dan, plug? I've got a little show. I've got a television show. Uh, it is By the time this podcast goes out, it will be out now. You can watch it on ABC iView. It's called Australia's Best Competition Competition uh, with me and uh, my friend Michael Hing. We enter competitions all around the country uh, to decide which one is Australia's best. Big thank you to Road Mics, Australian Ethical, our Patreon supporters, Jacob Brown, and everyone who listens. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.